Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first Siege GG podcast here with myself, Emzo, and Helby, who you may be familiar with from uh, former Pro League games and uh, been a longtime player. What have you been up to these days in terms of what you're doing, uh, Helby? Uh, well, lately it's been the Northern Arena. Um, it was only a Canadian tournament, so I said, you know what, might as well play in it. So we got a team together of friends, uh, people who played Pro League before us, uh, mostly in the first year, and, uh, you know, strapped a team together and played. That's pretty much it. Sweet. So we're, we're going to be doing this uh, podcast here. I'm not sure how often we're doing it. This is kind of the pilot episode. Uh, probably the only one that won't be live, just in terms of uh, trying to get this uh, test run here. Uh, hopefully you guys like it, whatever. We're obviously going to look forward to feedback and whatnot so we can make adjustments in the future. Obviously going to be a bit busy over this next week here with uh, invitations coming out, which is going to be the topic of today. It was just uh, talking about the invitational, what's going on with that. Hopefully you're seeing this the same day that CHGG is also live, so we're going to briefly talk about that as well. But uh, obviously that depends on things going right, so we'll hopefully be seeing you guys on Sunday. Very excited to see the website up, but I will be on a plane. Um, and I imagine Helby will be busy as well. So I will be, of course, watching uh, you know the website as it goes live, and hopefully it's going to be Sunday. Uh, I don't have to take the plane to go to the Invitational. It's only a car ride, so about two hours and a half. So you know it's easy, uh, way simpler than a lot of players who are going to be busy on that weekend to you know travel around the world, pretty much. When you think about uh, people from ends, uh, not ends, but uh, Australia and Japan, that's that's a long ride. So make sure to come and say hi to Helby if you see him there, if you're going to the Invitational. I imagine uh, the amount of people that are going to the Invitational are also probably the same kind of overlap of people that are watching this. So hopefully you'll see him there as well as myself. Feel free to come say hi. I'm going to be in a crowd cheering. Let's go NA. I, I will be too during, uh, during the matches where I'm not casting for sure. So I, I ended up doing that with uh, Jarvis last time, just kind of sitting there in the crowd with him, watching a lot of the matches. Yeah. He'll be there again, I'm not sure. I think, I think he is. I, I think I've heard... I think I've seen somewhere the whole Flipside team is going to be there. So, looking forward to seeing them again. I, I haven't seen most of them since uh, Poland last year, around May. It's been a while. Too long. Yeah, it feels like we've had two invitationals, but this is only the second one. Uh, right? It's, like, it's already like twice as big as the last one. Yeah. The last one was pretty big. I was there, too, in a crowd, and I was impressed by, you know, everything around it, especially since it, it had only been, like, a year since the launch of Rainbow Six, and now a year later, it's even like crazier than it is than it was on the first year. So can't wait to see it. And apparently, the venue is uh, really nice too. Yeah, I, I knew last time they said that they were going to have to change venues because that one wasn't big enough. But they weren't kidding. Like, especially now they're making it twice as big, twice as long. Oh, what what I heard is actually the people who were managing uh, the place where the last Invitational was, were like, so uh, you're not coming back next year, right? Because, uh, you know, it was full. There was a lot of people, and they knew the venue was not big enough. So today we're like, yeah, we're probably not coming back. Not because it's not nice, but because we need something bigger now. Yeah, eventually just all of Montreal will be taken up by the Invitational. Hopefully. Hopefully. Party in the street. Just, uh, just feel the Bell Center with people in it. I still don't know why they decided to hold the, the Montreal event during winter of all times when the city was just frozen over. But Yeah, that's right. I don't know why it is. Is it a summertime event next time? <laughs> Switch Paris. Paris during the winter is way nicer than Montreal. Paris during the winter, and now Montreal during the summer. 
That's something I can get behind. Maybe year four. Year four, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, this is going to be uh, a pretty long invitational because last time, you know, just we had the normal weekend stuff. Like, I mean, normally a finals is only two days. Invitational is three days, but this time it's six days because they're bringing twice as many teams and then yeah. eliminating half of them during the first three days when people aren't even there. That's going to feel bad for fans of those teams yeah. that get eliminated that won't even get to see them. But it's going to be fun because the people who are going to be there are actually going to be able to interact with the pros because what are they going to do? They're going to most likely come in a crowd, cheer the people who are playing, and just, you know, talk with people. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. You have eight teams that won't even be playing over the weekend, just hanging out. Yeah, just chilling. Ready to answer questions. I'm sure there's going to be, like, panels there with, like, the, the next update, uh, Operation not Outbreak, but uh, Mera. There's going to be um, computer, probably, with this Previous land there was, so people will be testing new operations. Yeah, it's gonna be your chance to actually play play with some pros in person. I have a feeling it's mostly just gonna be NA again, all drunk over the weekend. No, no loser bus, please. No losers bus. No, that's a big no. Well, I mean, I think at this point, uh, you know, we we all hope to see NA at least make it farther. Elevate being the one actually who's been the surprise to kind of carry the torch. Like last time we, we uh, Elevate came into the third seat, and we're like, ah, you know, they're not going to make it. But they're the ones who always show up on land, unlike the other ones, and actually yep. kept the NA dream alive for a minute. They, they definitely show up on lands. I don't know what it is that the other team don't get. Maybe they don't have, like, stress or anything, but they're always super impressive to see play on land. And the, the tricky part for them is always to get there. Once they get there, it's like, they're crazy. Don't ever underestimate them. And now that like they get, they got their confirmed spot. Uh, I think during season. Well, they got the one season two. The to... Yeah, well, final against Penta. Was it was it season one of this year or season two? I can't remember. Um, I believe it was season two because I was Thank the yeah. only one I missed was season three uh, finals, which was the Brazil one. So. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. All right. So yeah, I mean. Good on them, and now that they're picked up by CLG, I'm hoping they actually practice before events. Yeah. Them, or I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, they don't seem to need to compared to the other teams. Yeah, right. Funny enough, I imagine, imagine that motivates you to just be even lazier when you can get away with just showing up and playing. Yeah. Well, the thing is with uh, Elevate, they're 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 always a little bit slower to like pick up new meta. But since the last operator, we're not super meta changing. I'm really expecting Elevate or CLG now to perform really well at the Invitational. Last time they, they made it to the final against Penta was during Operation Health, which was a season with no changes in, in the meta. That's a good point, yeah, whether or not they can adapt to that stuff. It reminds me of, because they have another sort of rival team that'll be there, which is Supremacy. And I say they're rival team because it goes back to the Xbox days, and both of them having almost the exact same roster they used to maybe change one person. Uh, and so it's like they have this sort of parallel track they've taken to get here, and both of them tend to play older school. Like, you look at uh, Supremacy, really stick to the old operators. They don't play a lot of new meta, a lot of new operators. They really stick to kind of the original year one ops. Yeah, and Supremacy is also a team I'm really looking forward to see play, because they have their own playstyle, very different from, you know, the uh, the average team and how they play. And it's going to 
be interesting to see how they bank on it. See if it, it works at all. It's always breathtaking to see them play, because everything happened in the last, like, 30 seconds, and it's just... Alright, 5v5, 15 seconds left to go. How is it gonna end? No one knows. I feel like if I'm playing against Supremacy, I'm just gonna be bringing Echo every time. Yeah. I hope that that last 20 seconds you can burn. Yeah. All the traps you can find, just slow them down as much as possible at the end, and don't even really roam. Yeah, it's uh, really looking forward to Supremacy, see how they do. Uh, if if any French team can like come on top of that tournament, I feel like it's going to be supremacy. Well, I think the community feels like it could be vitality since they. Uh, yeah, pretty pretty big movement behind them. A lot of people voting. Obviously, this game being uh, of a, a pseudo French origin, I think helps big, build that uh, big French scene as well. And then being in French Canada and all that, but we saw last Invitational. Uh, when it got down to the wire, like the French teams cheering for each other and stuff like that from the audience, like we had a uh, just a big crowd like cheering everyone on. Like it seemed like there wasn't too much salt about losing from the French teams and stuff, which I think was good. I hope they can bring that this time. Yeah, but they can't all win. Yeah, no, they cannot all win. <laughs> that's for sure. The thing is with the French community, they're super competitive between each other. But once they like rally behind the team, it's you know, it's it's crazy. It's it's beautiful to see, uh, like, go. It's pretty much the same thing with a Brazilian, and I'm just going to, like, take the last Invitational as, as an example. Um, the team that was invited was uh, Santos Dexterity, and they had a lot of fans there, and it was crazy. And, like, their team lost. They were still cheering at the final for uh, Continuum. It was, it was beautiful to go, like, to see. And that's the thing, too, is there's a lot more Brazil teams this time. Like, yeah. The last time there was one, there was supposed to be two, but one of the teams couldn't make it. But uh, that's where Supremacy actually came out at the last second last time. Uh, but this time they were invited. Uh, or got to come. But the, well, there's more team, too. Yeah, the sheer amount of, of Brazilian teams compared with uh, the last time. And it, it, I find it kind of funny as well, like talking about teams that are coming from last time. That uh, I mean, it's unfortunate that Cryptic couldn't make it. Um, but seeing Mind Freak here again with some of the same people from back when it was Xbox that they were coming from, I think it's pretty cool to see that kind of full circle now that Apex's part of it as well, along with uh, the previous Santos Dexterity team. I think, I think uh, if I remember correctly, the Font guys that are phased now, a lot of them were the Santos Dexterity team. Then. I think you're right. There were some changes, uh, but I, I kind of lost track along the way. No, right? The Brazilian swaps around like yeah. Black Dragon, DRK, which one's which now? Which, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like those like rotations around the same few orgs get a little confusing. It was a little bit messed up, and hopefully a website like CGG is going to allow me to keep track of it. Yeah. Plug, plug, right? <laughs> wink, wink. Yeah, but no, seriously, that, that's definitely... But it, it, it's actually crazy. There's like four teams, full Brazilian. That's a lot. That's a lot. They, they definitely do something well in the scene. I really think it's going to be interesting, though, with, like, six EU teams. Like, how do you not have an advantage coming into that? Just off sheer numbers, because you can drop more of them during the group stages and yeah. still have strong ones playing into the... So, I have a feeling numbers-wise, come the weekend part, it'll still be majority uh, EU, unless they really kind of slack off. Yeah. I think you're right. I think you're right. And even for coming back to the Brazilian... It's four teams, but you also have BRK, who's actually making it, which is going to be interesting. I don't know what that show match is going to be about, but looking forward to it, definitely. Yeah, 
I wonder if they'll get any kind of prize out of it or not. Probably something. I, I mean, look at some alpha packs. Expense, tra travel expense paid to go to Montreal. That's that's good enough in my book. Yeah. That's true. And it probably is a little cheaper to fly people from Brazil than, say, you know, halfway across the world. Yeah, probably. But I, I like most teams in Brazil anyway have uh, a good salaries and good like life condition in general when it comes to uh, playing professionally. So just having like the right to travel like that, and even if it's just a show match, just having the opportunity to like interact with other professional player from around the world, I mean, it's a nice relation to have. You never know when it's going to be useful. Yeah, I mean, I, I uh, hopefully uh, no one really has visa problems like they did last time. Yeah. I think I did hear one member of BRK won't be able to make it because of that. Oh, really? That sucks. I think, I think that's what I heard. I, I mean, I wouldn't uh, go off that as a confirmed thing, but I think I remember reading that uh, maybe it was one. Uh, one of the guys uh, on BRK just uh, won't be able to make it just because of visa issues, because it was, or passport issues, or something because it was so last minute. Yeah. Um, which is unfortunate. But... And I think it was also a problem for Delan, who was uh, in Sao Paulo. Like, I heard some people that were having problems with visas. Oh, even us casters were having to like scramble to make sure that we could get visas in time. I mean, I obviously didn't, but it came yeah. out of the wire to find that out. I think Milosh, Milosh had some problem with it. Yeah, that's true. Poor so little man. I'm glad he's I'm glad he's okay to come to Montreal though. So uh, yeah, I think he's got most of that straightened out, so it should be good. Um, cause I'll be casting with him um, probably the entire six days. I All right. Okay. So it's gonna be uh, you and Milosh and Intero and uh, Kicks. Yeah, you, I mean, we, we've done things stick with those pairs. Like, we've mixed it up a few times at the castle. And they were great. In general, yeah, it's... I think we, we just pretty much usually stick to that just for simplicity's sake. And it makes it easier on the viewers and stuff like that. Yeah. But who knows, you know, if stuff comes up, we might switch it up for fun. Or, you know, because of logistic issues or something. But in general, it probably will be that for six days straight. So eventually we'll just be sitting in each other's laps by the end. <laughs> You'll be best buds. No, we already are. Like, I think... Uh, I mean, Milish may be new to the, the desk in Pro League, but we casted both the finals that I casted last year together. Yeah. Um, year, year one and, or season one and season two. So I think uh, we have a good synergy, and I think Kicks and Taro, as most people agree, have a really good synergy as well. So I think the pairs are working out pretty nice for this. Oh, yeah. As a viewer, I think they are. Definitely are working think, nice. Uh, it's going to be, you know, two 10-hour days, then, like, uh, another, like, 10-hour day, but, you know, not all the way on, and then just... Anyway, it's just a lot of casting. Oh, it's going to be. I, I'm i seeing maybe one or two casters with, like, voice problem by the end of the week. It's like a long I've week. Got, uh, yeah, I've got them analysts instead of play-by-play, because I, yeah. I can not talk during some of it, whereas Mueller's going to have to talk the whole time. Yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be hard. It's like from Monday to Sunday, with about from 10.30 to 5.30, there's probably going to be some... Uh, delay, so it's going to be maybe 6. Actually, no, the, the last game starts at 5.30, so yeah. It's going to be a long week. It's a lot of hours. Yeah, I, and already the Invitational for where is the longest. It was like 12-hour days usually, so they throw another three days in there without breaks this time. It'll be hilarious. Yeah. So I will be definitely trying to rack up some sleep during this, that's for sure, at the, the hotel, because <laughs> it's going to be hard. 
I do wish that people could attend the first three days, though, I have to say, because, like, that's going to be really good, and it's going to be really intense, and, like, you're not going to be able to watch both streams at the same time unless you multi-twitch. Yeah. So. I was, um... When I first heard there, there was going to be, like, a full week of, well, no spectator, I was like, maybe I can sneak in. Maybe I can just come early to Montreal and sneak in, but... <laughs> I, I have to work, so... I'm, I'm just going to be there Thursday night, so be there for Friday. On the first uh, the first day of uh, the invitational, that's actually the playoffs, so the viewers can be in. Maybe uh, maybe next invitational will be more of a open for the first part or something like that. We'll see. Yeah. They can charge more for tickets and make more money. Yeah, I mean it's gonna be tr the next one is gonna be this summer in Paris, right? Yeah, August is like you know the end of summer, but yeah. Yeah, well. I don't know what the weather's like though. Hopefully, it won't be too hot in Paris. I. I no, August could be a little up there. Yeah, well, it's definitely going to be interesting to see if they keep that format. With uh, is it sixteen teams? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they keep that. Yeah, just the way they do, like uh, kind of a season before and then playoffs. I gotta say, it's gotta kind of feel weird for teams to have qualified for the invitational, and normally that meant you're there for the final three days, no matter what. Now that there's a group stage, just because you qualify doesn't even mean you make it to the days last three. And that's got to be, if you think about it, kind of mentally harsh because the three days are the ones people are there. That's when all the energy is. That's when all the viewership is. That's when the panels are. Like, that's when everyone's really going to be looking. If you are, like, coming into this expecting to be a superstar towards the end of the stages and you get knocked out in groups, as half of them have to, like, that's got to feel bad. Like, because some people have to go and, like, I don't think it's all going to be the late invitees. I don't think it's going to be the people that were just invited or just community votes. There's going to be people that were previous champions. Oh, they're good. They're, there's going to be upset. There's going to be upset for sure. Now, just off what we saw from qualifiers, right? Like we can't predict any of that. Yeah, exactly. Or even just the last season. The last season was filled with upset for me. I was like, all right, I see evil geniuses, Flipside, and. Uh, I think it was CLG after that, maybe Rogue. Uh, my my order was Evil Geniuses, Rogue, Flipside, and then CLG in that order. I was like, all right, my, I'm glad I didn't bet anything because that I just fucked up. Yeah, when Infamy took Rogue spot, and yeah, like Flipside aren't in there, and it's like, what the heck? I was all right. Well, whatever. I I'm I'm bad. I don't know how things happen. And then it even ends winning, like, very unexpectedly. Like, I mean, that's kind of weird to call it upset because yeah. we've been expecting them to one of these times for two years now. Seven times the charm. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's, it's good to finally see Ents, the online Ents, be at LAN. Because before there was always those two entities. There was Ants online and Ants at LAN. Ants at LAN was, like, very chaotic and not super well organized filled with like team kill and just weird decision making and then online it was just perfect it was like good they were strong they were playing together everything worked and then finally we got to see ants online at LAN. maybe uh, maybe one of them stinks really bad and tilts the rest in person yeah maybe <laughs> <laughs> i don't know maybe they just, they just don't get along in person <laughs> too frustrated. I mean, it's ironic, though, for them to finally get that win and then lose Chate. Like, what? That's gonna suck. Like, you finally find yeah. this guy who's like, cool, now let's take away one of our good players. The timing was really 
That's weird, but... Well, it makes sense for Penta to go, hey, they just beat us finally. Yeah. Take all your best players? Yeah, right? I mean, it, it, it's going to be also interesting to see how Chate feels, uh, feels the shoes left by... Um... Yes. If he's going to adapt well. And same thing for Uno, who's going to now be playing on Ants. Feels like Chate's shoes are huge to fill. Ironically enough, too, it's from someone from Penta Academy. So it's like they kind of swapped. Yeah. Them. But if you think about it, you know, someone coming from the Academy, obviously it sounds like Enz is getting the worst part of that deal. Yeah. I mean, he's a young player. He's, uh, he's most likely going to surprise us and upset us. But then it's funny, you send KS out. So it's like, oh, no, they lose KS. But then he goes over to another team. <laughs> and all of a sudden, now they're in it as well. Yeah. And it's like, no, you can't get rid of KS that easily. He'll still be there. Um, so I, I was thinking about it, and it would be pretty funny if 1UP beat Penta, because it would be a revenge story for KS on a team that used to be called My Revenge. Yeah. You're right. I, I, think... these days. I thought that's perfect, right? Like, that's perfect. I always love a good revenge story in these games. That's right? very poetic. Yeah. They were uh, Mysterious Monkeys last season as well, for people who aren't really following what I'm talking about. But they were originally My Revenge. Yeah. Full, full uh, German team, too. Yeah. 100% German. And then they'll, they'll go up against, hopefully, another German team, right? <laughs> and beat the actual German team. Yeah, we'll see, though, because 1UP will have to get past Evil Genius. So, uh, I yeah. know, maybe we'll just talk about the actual brackets here. For the yeah, sure. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll hopefully have the bracket graphics here for you to see. And uh, starting with, with Group A, which is already, like, a super intense uh, one, because it's the two people that people are expecting to make it uh, are obviously Penta and Evil Genius, and the reason for that being uh, Evil Genius going back to Continuum, we're two-time champions, they won the last Invitational and the season before that. Then the next two seasons after that, Penta took and you know kind of knocked Continuum slash Evil Genius out of their spot. So it's like both of them are two-time champions with something to prove here at this point, going up in the same bracket. So if both of them win their games, we're almost going to see this, like, Kind of, I mean, everyone's a little disappointed by it because we could potentially see one of them knocked out on like day two of the group stages before they even make it to the weekend. Yeah, the way I see it, so the first game is going to be Penta Vitality and then Genius one up. I think Penta's going to win, so they move up. Then Evil Genius is going to win, they move up. Then Penta EG, I, I don't know. I hope EG is going to show up more than they showed up on the last LAN. Uh, which was an upset for me. I was expecting much more from them. But either way, I still think Evil Geniuses or Penta is going to win against the loser of uh, Vitality 1-Up. So I'm pretty sure we're going to see Penta and EG. I think it's a, yeah, like, I it's think a safe bet to say it's yeah, going to be Penta. There's a chance that we see both still. Yeah. But I mean, that feels bad for 1-Up and Vitality, which were both invites. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, a lot of people, though, were like, you know, why did 1UP get it? I think 1UP will play a really good game, though, regardless whether they win or lose. I think we'll see why they were picked uh, once it comes down to it. Just because I think, having watched them, they were just getting their stride. Yeah, now they have some experience, more time together. I mean, when, when they did the qualifier, uh, AS basically just joined because uh, he got pushed out by Chate just, like, recently before that. I mean, Chate's uh, kind of filling a similar role, too, which I think worked out pretty good. Um, so I don't think that will be, like, a bad thing for Penta. 
as much as it hurts, you know, uh, ants. Ants, yeah. So, I mean, uh, obviously, who knows? Seems to have been doing pretty well, but I think the last LAN event they played, they weren't doing super great, but that was before Uno joined in. I think it was before yeah. Shot they left. That was, I think, the Nordic. Um, so it's hard to say. Like, I don't think they've played any LANs, as far as I know, with Uno. I don't know. I haven't been following a whole lot since um, qualifiers ended. I guess the hard part is, so Ants are a team that have always had trouble at the actual LAN events, right? Last time they finally were not able to, or were able to kind of get their act together in terms of performing at LAN. But now they've got a new player on their team who probably doesn't have any LAN experience. And so they might have to go through that again. So it's going to be an uphill battle for Ants. He's going to have to go through nerves and, you know, you can prepare for that though. It's, uh, you know, before the game, just get some time for yourself. Get in the game. Just breathe the air. Just get into it. Yeah, but, I'm hoping the group stages will act as a good warm-up for some of these teams without yeah. the audience Yeah, exactly. The group stage is going to be good, so I feel like we're going to get the best game later down the week because stress is going to, like, wear out. It's going to, like, they're going to be playing for Monday to... Thursday, so that's four day, four full day, or um, of being on stage. Even though there's no crowd, you're still at LAN on a computer that is not yours, on a desk that is not yours, on a chair that may feels weird compared to what you have at home. So this takes some time to get used to it, and I think the teams that are going to get out of a group stage, they're going to be ready. They're going to like, they're going to feel just like home. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I don't know if the seats and stuff will be the same as the ones they play on on the stage as well, because I think they might be played in a different area than, yeah. uh, than the stage, so yeah, there, there's a chance that they still might have a little bit of shock going into the actual final stages, but I mean, I don't know. The, the funny part is the team ends is up against first, so if you look, we're looking at the group D bracket, they're up against the other team that was amazing online and just completely poor performance yeah. in person. So that, that they were, um, another team started with the e Excellence, I believe they were, last time when they came in. And uh, they were a team that had yeah. one map the entire season online, came in and just got destroyed. I mean, they had some and pickups in the roster, but... And then like half an hour later, Pinta was done with them. Yeah, that was, I, I felt bad casting that one, because that was one of the shortest games yeah. I did that whole weekend. Yeah, that was short. They, they were clearly not ready for LAN. Uh, and, th and that was unfortunate, too, because they were obviously a team that had been accused sometimes of being team players, and that really didn't help that reputation. Oh, yeah. But I think it was just, they came down to being far, far less prepared than Penta were. I don't imagine they're going to make that mistake this time, and now they've got someone with even more land experience in having K9 on there, who's been at plenty of these. Well, the, I don't think anyone had any experience on land from uh, the old Excellence roster. Not on Rainbow Six, anyway, because the game feels... Very different on land than it feels online. I, I think there was, I think there was one member because wasn't Geo on? The, oh no, because Geo hadn't even played on previous lands with Elevate because he'd always bailed and they had Bosco or someone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They always had something that prevented him from doing so. You're right. I think maybe they had no one. Uh, I, unfortunate, but they do now, so I, I expect that they're going to perform a little bit better this time uh, going into that. But again, Ents has also got a little bit of a struggle. Well, with that it, as well. it's pretty much a different team now like there, there there was a lot of switch on that team so i don't think we can really call era the old excellence roster because there was a lot of changes yeah. i'm just hoping to see my man show up uh because he's someone that's shown up really well online sometimes i don't think he necessarily was prepared to 
last time in terms of like being prepared for the other team and Penta was just yeah. I mean Penta have Shaz and Shaz is a great coach for doing a lot of work on and the, the, the fact that they played so well during the, the previous online probably showed off a lot of what they could do and I think Shaz and, and team broke it down really well. Yeah. And uh, I think that's not gonna be the case this time. Shaz helps them to be like mentally ready like a whole lot and I think that's a huge part of why Penta is so successful at LAN. I mean, I think I think last time as well too that I think maybe the success had gotten to like Fabian's head and some of the other ones was a little too much, and so I think they were not prepared to work as hard uh, for that last one. And so I'm not too surprised they lost the last time because of that. I think after a two-time victory like that, you're going to be a little big-headed at that point in terms of like, oh, this is easy, I can do this. Where, but you you forget all the preparation you did to get into that place yeah. in the first place and kind of disregard it and then don't work as hard. And I think. Hopefully the loss last time has motivated them to go back to what they did the previous two times that they won. And, you know, they have to, to fall at some point. They cannot, like, win them all forever. Well, so far, no one's won three. So we had Continuum with two, Penta yep. with two. Uh, Penta was the only one with two regular seasons yep. because Continuum was an invitational in a season. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... And they still hold the title. We're going back for that title, by the way. And he's going to win. It's true, yeah. And he holds the world champion title for this, so... And it's funny, too, to have Canadian on a team and being the only Canadian on that team. Right? Yep. <laughs> Appropriately named, kind of points himself out. Here, I'm the You Canadian. know, hey, there's a Canadian. I mean, the sad thing is there's only two Canadian, too. The Invitational. Yeah. Yeah, there's a... I, I, looked, I looked into it and I was like, oh, my God, only two Canadian for real? It was like a lot of, like, American for an A, but I was expecting more Canadian. At least one Mexican. Hopefully we'll see uh, Pojo and Jarvis back on land soon. Yeah. That's two. That's two Canadian right there. Yeah. Well, I think there's a chance they'll make it back. I mean, we we have the same pool of like twenty to thirty NA players that yeah. kind of just shuffle around. So. Pretty much. I do think that uh, now that we have bigger orgs involved, like CLG and Evil Geniuses, though, you're going to see a lot less shuffling. Um, I mean, uh, even even CLG is basically back to the old Elevate roster right. for the most part. Like Geo switched out and came back. Uh, and, and Continuum, Evil Geniuses is kind of stabilized for the most part as well. Yeah, I think it's slowly starting to settle, to be more stable. The roster in general. The Challenger League, I think, is going to be the, the big shuffles in the future. I mean, yeah. you look at teams like Vertical and some of the other ones that just... Yeah, flight. Pick someone, someone comes back, uh, and it, it's, a, it's a little bit messed up right now, but Challenger League is... a on a weird spot right now where, you know, they, they announce all these great things about uh, Pro League. Then you have Challenger League, which is the only way to get in Pro League that is, like, being kind of frown, frown upon because there's nothing new. It's like the same price pool of, I don't know, like 5000 bucks, and that's about it. Like, yeah, it's hard. If, if you want to make it against teams that are actually paid salaries and you're like, this player in Challenger League who has to go to work or school full-time and then try to play by night and try to compete against people who do that as a living. It's it's hard. I think if you can continuously prove yourself in Challenger League, though that increases the chance you'll get actually picked up by a real org and yeah. have the salary to make it in Pro League, but maybe eventually. you got to get space of like a big one. But like maybe also, I think they, they announced they, they wanted to do some other lands that are not uh, related to uh, you know the Pro League and Challenger League. Yeah. Yeah, DreamHack. So DreamHack has NA stuff, and I know that's something that's you know been discussed for a while. But I think they actually committed to trying to do that this year 
is to have at least an NA Dream Hack. Yeah, and that, that might help for those teams. Hopefully, yeah, because it's something they could more reasonably make it out to. I would like to see, yeah, a lot of Challenger League teams show up for that, especially if it doesn't require qualifiers, uh, you know, through Challenger League or Pro League or whatever, yeah. so that there's a separate way to qualify. I think, I mean, we saw with this last set of qualifiers, that there's some strength in some of these Challenger League teams, that if they could just... Oh, get definitely. Just looking at Reckless here. It was, it was a wild run. It was beautiful to see them go and just be team after team and be like, Everyone was like, okay, that team's going to fail, like, first round, whatever, cool. Then, you know, next thing you know, they're in finals against Era. And you're like, shit, maybe it's happening. We'll see if they can hold their roster together. There's definitely some members on that team that tend to carry a bit more. Um, so if they end up with too many roster shuffles, we can see that kind of synergy disintegrate. Yeah, and hopefully we'll see the first uh, Game of Girl in Pro League. Outside of kicks. Outside of kicks. Just, just kidding. Outside of kicks. I love you, Kicks. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, <clears throat> obviously that that's that's kind of the um, the Group A and the and some of the Group B teams. And then Group B, I think, will be interesting as well because we've got <clears throat> a big team in Team Liquid, right, going up against Rune Factory, the first Russian team really kind of in here as well. And then Rogue against the Australians, kind of making a comeback. Yep. It'll be a very interesting international sort of bracket there for Group B. Uh, just I don't know. I mean, obviously, it's easy to think that it'll be Liquid and Rogue going. Yeah. Up, right? Rogue haven't necessarily always shown up as of late. Uh, so nope. I feel like that's a little iffier because Mind Freak have started to um, show up quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Once I picked up Rizraz, they've been showing up a lot more, and I think it seems a pretty good consistency of play from those guys from those last APAC uh, finals. So it's possible we could see a little bit of uh, back and forth in that bracket. I mean, Liquid over Room Factory, though, I think it's still probably a pretty good bet, though. I think it's a fair bet. And also, I, I would very much like to see the Rogue we've seen before. You know, uh, the last season was pretty bad. It was not what we expected from them. Now they switched out uh, King George, so, you know, you, you have to build a little bit of chemistry with uh, easily and... Seeing how easily it fits in the grand scheme of things for Rogue, uh, I'm looking forward to that. And I think easily might have some land experience previously with Elevate. Yeah, Rogue. I think so too. So he might, he, you know, he might be decent to come in there and do that because obviously the rest of them have that land experience. Yeah, he was in Poland when I was there, so definitely has some experience. I, I think it'll be a pretty good composition for those guys as long as they can kind of not get too tilted. And as we were talking about before we started recording as well, you've got. Uh, losing King George wasn't just losing a player, it was also losing an IGL. And yep. now you have Slashhug stepping up as an IGL. And that should be interesting because, as we talked about, Slash doesn't always come across with the kind of personality you'd expect from an IGL. Uh, but he has a lot of game knowledge and pretty good game sense when he doesn't make very brash moves. Um, so I think it'll be interesting because we haven't really seen necessarily how they play like that yet. Yeah. And hopefully we'll also see Eclipse shine as much as he did in uh last season and hopefully the team behind him is also going to shine as much as him because it was kind of crazy how single-handedly he was keeping rogue alive he's definitely i think probably my favorite na player um if not then top two like he's such a good consistent player uh even with buck even with buck with the most inconsistent pioneered buck play. yeah beautiful to see going Definitely looking forward to that. 
the stuff he does on the organ, I think, for example, was something that kind of started a trend as well. Like uh, the way he would play under the white stairs and push people out, or just like I don't know, like a lot of his buck play, I think, was kind of, is kind of the start of the show, and I expect we'll see more of that. Uh, but he also plays some other really good roles too. So if they can kind of let him do his thing really well and then slash step up on IGL and support him in the process of doing so. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, obviously we know Slash will get those cameras up to get, to get the intel. It's just a question of whether or not he's going to uh, get a little greedy with them. Yeah. Definitely looking forward to that. Even, like, Team Liquid. Just logo Liquid being played. I want to yeah. see that. I'm looking forward to that, just because it's Liquid. It'll be interesting, because I think Brazil has an interesting meta bringing into this. So, like, there's a lot of talk about, for example, the Glass being meta kind of dominating things. Everyone's scared of that. That's like, that's like the big, uh, like urban legend on the streets. It's like, oh no, it's gonna be Glazing everywhere, and we saw a bit of that during qualifiers. But if you go back and look at uh, Brazil play, like they are the Glaz king. Like, oh yeah, it's scary. It's even so, super scary. I feel like going into this, Brazil's gonna have a huge leg up, and then they're not even playing the Glazing meta; they're just playing Glaz. Like I was watching <laughs> back at some of the some of GCRs play on Glaz on uh, Consulate. It's just. The dudes are nuts. Like him and Cyber. Unfortunately, Cyber uh, will, will only be on the show match, right? But he won't be on one of the competing teams necessarily that's in the yeah. brackets. But just some of those guys on that Glass play, I think we're going to see a lot of Glass, uh, even if it's just from Brazil uh, this time. And as much as I, I'm going to cheer, I'm going to be cheering for NA, I think it's time for Brazil to actually win a title. Yeah, I think so. I think, well, especially going in with the, with the, as many teams as they are as well, too. Yeah. I, I just, I feel really bad for Asia. And they're all, they're all very good team, full, filled with, like, all-star player. It's crazy. Yeah, the, the top kind of four teams from Brazil are all just packed full of good players. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, yeah I mean, they, they've, they've kind of consolidated all of the good players into the top four teams. Like, out of all the weaker teams, like, oh, Payne and Merciless, they didn't do that great, but let's take all the good players. And somehow yeah. form them into these super teams. It's crazy. Like players, yeah, because it's like players that you didn't think were that great before because they were on teams that just weren't doing well. Yeah. But you put them all together, and all of a sudden it's like, whoa, these four strong teams right here in Brazil. Like, every other region's got to be a little worried, except for EU because they can lose too. Yeah. I mean, you look at Liquid, Zig, Nex, Bullet, Nesk, Bullet, Yuke, and Sexy Cake. It's like, I, all, I know all these names. I've seen them, like, forever, and they all do crazy stuff in-game. And you look at Black Dragon, Psycho, PZD, Julio, Kamikaze, and Wag. Again, all names everyone knows and are familiar with because they're crazy good. Yeah. Not to mention they have a lot more land experience than most regions. Because yeah. They play so much land there. They do. They're, they're in such a tiny region. I mean, I know Brazil's not like an island or something, but it, they're all basically within one region. Yeah. Uh, it's not like anywhere they're all spread out. So they all work together personally. all know each other. Even when playing against each other probably played together on a team at some point, or have been in person together a lot. I mean, they have their own pro league, too, so that's a lot of experience right there. And they played definitely played more games than any NA and EU teams, probably even combined, because of that. I think their scene there for Rainbow Six 2 is bigger than anywhere else in the world, so... Yeah, well, it's I mean, big. As much as I hate to say so, just because I want to see some other teams do well, this is probably Brazil's time to shine. You'd think playing in Brazil would have been, but... Uh, nonetheless, I think they would. Yeah, that would that would have been crazy to see them win Brazil, but everything would have been set on fire. The thing, the thing with Brazil, I feel like the way they they practice against team is 
they focused really heavily on the next team they're going to play. And then if the team does something different, they don't adapt super well. That's how they usually go. So if the team is predictable and does everything like they anticipated, they're going to like crush them. It's going to be actually crazy and sad to see them like crushing them so badly. But it, whenever there's like something like changing and they're reacting to it, I feel like the Brazilian teams more often than not don't react as fast as uh, EU team, for example. Yeah, I think it's a, and I said in the little interview that came out today as well, that like I think the team that can adapt the best is really the one that can come out champions because the meta is just so all over the place normally with an invitational. You double the amount of teams and increase the amount of like region teams from different oh, regions. Yeah. Like, I, I, I hesitate to even use the word meta for yeah. just because it's going to be so all over the place. So like you're really going to need to adapt. I think we're going to see, you know, something we see a lot, which is where like strong teams will lose the first few rounds just kind of figuring things out and then come back like four or five rounds in a row. I think we're going to see even more of that this time. So it's like, yeah, who can adapt the best? And that's going to be, like you said, kind of Brazil's Achilles heel is if they can't kind of step up and adapting, like they could get, lose a good chunk of their teams in the group stages. Yeah. And that's kind of why Penta was like dominating those past season. They had strategy that worked for pretty much everything, but those strategy had like a very defined like structure, but it was kind of loose on how you execute it. So they, they, they could react to whatever the enemy team was throwing at them. Yeah, you know? They seem to do the most research, probably, of most of the team. I mean, I, I would say any team, but at the same time, like a lot of teams have stepped it up now. So yeah. it may not be of any team. There's a lot more coaches, a lot more analysts now. I know, like, for example, EG's boot camping right now. Yep. They've been boot camping for the past week. Yeah. They and live this game now uh, yeah for sure I, I think canadian is about as driven as he possibly could be at this point yeah not go home with the l yeah he, he has a title to like it back yeah i mean he's been trying and trying at least he made it to land last time yeah i, I think just the times at the desk when we're joking about <laughs> okay this will be the last time and you see again the next time it's just like canadian on a desk yeah, yeah poor troy poor troy what i mean those two seasons were um we're not the best for, uh, well, Continuum back then, but I feel like they, you know, they've stepped it up, they figured their things out. It took two seasons, but look at them now. They're looking good, they're looking strong, and if uh, any NA teams had, have any chance to win the Invitational, I think it's going to be definitely EG. Yeah, I think, I think there's a good chance. Uh, but then again, you know, like, I definitely wouldn't rule CounterLogic out. Oh, no. We've seen them just show up. Definitely. If they put in more effort this time, I mean, again, maybe effort works against them somehow, but if they put in more effort this time, there's a chance we could see them go even farther than we're used to. I mean, last time that we saw them go all the way was them against Penta at the very end. So I, I have a lot of faith in them and EG. Rogue, I would like to put faith back in, so I hope this is the land where they really show up so I can be like, this is why I've been you know, excited about watching them play the last few times. I don't like being so disappointed seeing them yeah. go home day one every time. I'm definitely there with you. And uh, about CLG, do, do they have a coach? So I know there was like internal discussions about, you know, maybe grabbing someone. But I don't know if CLG has given them a coach or not. Because the Skies was kind of acting as the coach before. Yeah. Um, kind of in charge of everything. So I don't know if that's been taken off his plate or not. He seems to enjoy doing it, though. So I wouldn't be surprised if they don't have one yet. Uh, but nonetheless, I imagine if they go home losing this time, CounterLogic will be like, you need a coach. Maybe, yeah. 
Now that you have a structure behind you, sometimes you, uh, you, you need to give back a little bit and listen to what they're going to say, because, you know, they're giving you a salary and allowing you to do what, what you do. I mean, we'll we'll see. I, I I think it's getting to the point this year where if you're a pro league team without a coach, you're at a serious disadvantage. And I mean, that's the way it should be when it's at a good esports point. You shouldn't just be a bunch of players just playing from your bedroom hoping to make it big one day. You got to take yeah. it serious. And especially now that they're changing uh, the next season, how it's going to work. Uh, there's going to be more match being played, so that's more uh, data that you need to be like crunching and just trying to adapt to new teams. So. Yeah, you don't want to miss the bus. You don't want to miss it. I mean, I guess that'll be better for the orgs, as long as the orgs can keep uh, their teams in Pro League, because then that's six months of having your team in Pro League without a chance of being relegated out. So. Well, even for the viewership, having six months a season that you're going to see every team play against every other team, it's going to be nice. That's such a big uh, help for us as analysts, because like the current structure that we had before was so hard. Because we come into these finals events having seen two or three games with a team. And yeah. being like, well, I hope they play somewhat similar to what I've seen. Otherwise, I'm just shooting in the dark here. And I feel like going to the Invitational is extra hard like that because I haven't seen Evil Genius play in a while. Yeah, like, we haven't seen them in a long time. So it's, it's really hard. Like, I, I'm definitely going into this Invitational a lot more blind than I'd like just because the sheer amount of teams that I haven't seen play in a while, not to mention the new operators, the potential meta stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's really good to be calling. But but the advantage is that I get three extra days to watch before the, the final three days. <laughs> You're right. What's going on, so. Also, I mean, there's a lot of teams that I haven't played in a while. You just look at Penta. You haven't seen anything from them uh, since uh, Chate joined. It's going to be interesting to see how that goes. I hope Black Dragons have at least been able to play some land events out of Brazil. Kind of yeah. Up yeah, it's been a while since uh, they qualified, right? They they qualified through winning their region. Is that it? I believe so, yeah. So they, they kind of haven't had to, to play in a while. I think, I mean, I imagine they played last uh, finals. If I remember correctly. I think so, because that's how they got in, right? Yeah, they're in their spot through uh, by winning. Too many damn regions now. This yeah. Is so hard. Uh, I mean, that's a lot of games. I'm almost glad it's only two APAC teams because, Jesus, there's so many regions to be yeah. of already. But at the same time, I feel really bad because you've got EU with six teams and APAC barely makes it into two. And we haven't even seen Ainz play in a while. And they've right. switched up a player or two. So it's uh, it's going to be hard for them. I mean, Mind Freak obviously coming in a little fresher. Uh, but Ainz have really kind of proven to be a strong, like, stick-around team. Like, And I think, if I remember correctly, they did pretty well in Brazil given how kind of written off the APAC teams were. They did better than Excellence anyway. <laughs> so, you know, for, for a team that everyone expected to be crushed, one any team got crushed even more, so. Yeah, I, hope, I hope in the future, though, like, we will see more APAC teams involved and stuff like that. I think yeah. regions, it's not, like, completely, like, to the point some of the other regions are, but I think it's evolving fast. Um, it's just really, really hard for them having the ping issues they have. By all being so segregated from each other and with bad internet, like it's it's a bad spot to be in for a region because the geography kind of screws you. But now, uh, with uh, I think Ainz was included in that, but uh, the Japanese player are actually going to be able to collect their prize pool. Yeah, that was a big deal for Ainz. That's a big deal. 
Einsper's three lands without the potential to win uh, things because they played like they they played one where they qualified and and ha it had a prize because they played the season one where they cut out a prize. And yeah. You pretty much had to say, uh, yeah, I can't take it, so uh, I'm basically traveling around the world playing video games just because, well, because I can, because I enjoy it. And this is the third land for money. At least they can hopefully win it this time. Yeah. Because, I mean, there's basically by making it here, you get paid. So you yeah. always kind of have to forego that. Uh, they have the pro license. I'm assuming it applies to this. Uh, assuming. So, I mean, if we just have to plan for that, because the plan was usually to just have the prize pool as it was, and then divide up what they would win among the other teams. Yeah. Um, so, which I mentioned, the other teams liked Ims being in there. Because <laughs> right? That's, That's more money. Be my guest. Bring more team from Japan. Come on. Come on in. Yeah. No, it's good. It's good to, uh, because it means more regions can really dedicate the time. Like you were saying about the orgs, you know, like the salaried players versus Challenger League. Now Japan can take it a lot more seriously. Yeah. Um, it's been a great thing for, for the country's esports. I mean, just last year, seeing Envy at the Invitational, I was genuinely surprised by how well-coordinated they were together. Well, they were really close to making it this time as well, because it was down to them versus Mind Freak. Mm -hmm. as cryptic this time. Yep. Uh, so they almost made it here again, which would have been great. But again, either way, it's someone from last time making it here, because it's either Mind Freak or them. Yeah. So, I mean, that's cool to have them back, but it would have been great if it was a way we could have both of them back. Now with the new format, the new format there's going to be more games, and it's going to be hard to keep track of every game and just watch everything. Oh, yeah, I can, only, I can tell you now, like, at the end of this three months of the season, when it comes down to doing the finals, I'm going to be spending, like, the entire two-week gap between the end of the season and the finals just trying to catch up on every single VOD that I missed. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. Yeah, like I'm gonna have to take more notes during the season just to make the postseason not not as bad, not as heavy on work. You guys can only imagine like how many vods you have to watch through and carefully take notes on stuff to try and and, and then you throw in roster changes on top of that between like the, it's just yeah. Usually I watch the game lives and take some notes, and the one I didn't feel like taking notes because I was tired or whatever. Uh, I usually go back and watch and take some notes again, but. Uh, it's usually mostly NA and EU. I watch most of Brazil too, but like APAC, I just don't have the time. And now it's going to be even worse. I'm going to have to fit it in because I feel like APAC is going to, you know, get like take more and more space in the, the scene overall and just show up more. Especially now that Japan can get paid. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's going to be nuts. I mean, that's all I'm doing outside of this podcast. I'm pretty much just marathoning VODs. Yeah. Try and, like, before I fly out, so it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. Again, though, those are only going to be so useful as uh, there's just so much that's going to happen that we're not really prepared to see. Because you take the fact that a lot of teams haven't played combined with the fact that a lot of teams save strats for this. Yeah. Uh, it's just, and then there's the new ops that they've had the chance now to figure out, but maybe didn't during the qualifiers. Yeah, I don't think they're the last ops that were introduced in the game were that meta changing. So we might see them occasionally, but I don't think it's going to be such a big deal. I don't know. I mean, like, Canadian makes a big deal of Vigil, for example, but we haven't seen a ton from that yet. Yeah, we haven't seen them play at all, so... Yeah. So uh, I imagine scrims maybe have, have taken Yeah. Play. Oh, I definitely. Mean, we haven't seen a lot of teams really in Doka B outside of, like, KS seeming to like it quite a bit. Um, I've been... I've been toying with uh, Dokibi a lot recently, playing uh, Dokibi as an entry frag, which is uh, 
weird, but... No, the thing is, the SMG-12 is nuts. It's like 33 bullets. It's like full auto. Close range, it melts people, because the fire rate is super high. Uh, long range, you can most likely just switch to the DMR, and if you want to flush out roamers, you just call them. You're like, hey babes, I'm coming, where are you? Yeah, that's what, uh, when I was talking to KS, it seemed to, it's a big part of the way they use it, as well as for last minute pushes. Yeah, so I mean, well the, the way I see it, you, you have Dokubi. You use one of her call to, you know, flush out roamers, get rid of them, like, easy, they're dead. It's basically a life ping of their position, so you should usually be able to get on top of it, unless, like, something crazy happened. Then you just set up your push, and just before you go plant, you're like, alright, I'm gonna call them. So you smoke, she has smoke, you smoke, you put a glass somewhere, like, that's gonna be annoying, in the middle of the smoke, and then you call them. So glass know exactly where they are when they're pushing in, if they're coming, if they're waiting, and if they're spending, like, five seconds just, like, closing their cell phone, well, they're not trying to kill the guy who's planning. So I feel like it's... Glazing Dokubi plant push. Oh my god. Yeah, something like that. Like Oregon plants are gonna be ridiculous for that. It's gonna be disgusting. Yeah, I think we're gonna see a lot of smoke uh at this invitational for for sure. But I mean I don't know. And then uh I think you've seen the B for example played actually quite a bit. Not something that was like a big meta chip, not something that was like really dope worthy. But still played and actually acting as a fairly good entry dragger because you've still got like the ability to open up walls the way say the you know ashes breaches do yeah you can kind of so you can kind of uh pinch roamers easier because you can set up uh paths on your own rather than depending on defensive and it's, it's faster sometimes too if you if you need two holes like really close to each other you just doo, doo, you're done holes are made I've seen a lot of the actual concussion grenades being useful for pinching roamers. So when yeah. you get to the point where you've got a roamer cornered and they are holding an ambush point, where if you try and push them, it's going to be a situation where you, they, you know, they have an angle held because you pinched them into a corner. Hitting those concussions because you don't have to cook it like a grenade seems like to be working pretty well. So I think we'll see a bit of that as well. And the thing is, you have four of those concussions, so you just want to get like you don't. Sometimes you don't need them. So if you just want to get rid of ADS, you just throw them in there. Yeah, I mean, obviously when you have uh, x Kairos that could be as well. Like, yeah. There's, I feel like, I, I really feel strongly that uh, Jaeger needs He needs it. He needs both. He charges for ADS. I think that would, uh, that would really yeah. help. Because the current meta, would, you see so many grenade kills now. Yeah, you see more than, I think it, Ubisoft is kind of aiming for that by reducing the amount of barbed wire, too. Oh, yeah. Grenades were only used to... Clear barbed wire, pretty much. More often than not, you see one Ash and one Zofia, so you see both of them. Yeah, so I think uh, barbed wire's seen its last days, and then they took one away from Bandit as well, too. So it's like, <laughs> yep, it did. Barbed wire's kind of slowed down quite a bit, which means rush plays are a little more viable towards the end uh, when you don't have to try and clear wire. This guy's definitely happy about it. His playstyle is like completely like right the less barbed wire there is on a map. And traps. Absolutely. Even though we have traps still. We have Ella, by the way. I still think that, I still think Legion isn't super overplayed, so it hasn't been a problem. I think uh, Legion's being kinda underplayed for denying plants. Yeah. Uh, because of the fact that you can't press F 
to plant. So like, there's a lot of situations where people rush in to plant, and uh, having those in the like, so for example, say uh, Oregon uh, basement, right? Let's say they're not running a thatcher and they're going for those smoke rush plants. You chuck, you save up a whole bunch now that you can charge faster on your dew mines. Save up a whole bunch and then throw them to deny the plant area when they go for the that smoke plant. Yeah, you're giving a situation where they just can't plant in time because of. I mean, those don't stack though. When you pull out one, you pull out all of them. So yeah, you you really need to like put them before they try to plant though, because if you like throw it at them, it's gonna bounce on them on the side, and the hitbox that you need to to hit to walk on it is very very small. You need to be on the very top of it. Spots you can hit pretty easily. So, like for example, next to the washing machine, you can yeah. easily through the smoke. Uh, the other side of the little laundry basket in the corner thing, you can hit by bouncing it off the wall mm -hmm. uh, through the smoke. So, like in theory, if he's got a couple saved up and they pop smoke, he can still throw them in that general area. I guess Thatcher is really the only thing that's going to stop him from denying plants with those. And Glass, obviously, if there's a Glass left alive, peeking out to throw those is pretty much signing your own uh, death certificate, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Hopefully we see more maps than uh, we've seen in the past seasons. I think we're going to have to. Like, I think teams are really going to... Uh, I think teams are going to be ready, that's for sure. Well, yeah, and that's why you're, I think you're going to see more oddball maps pulled out in Invitational because they have to because the, the meta is more established on certain maps. So, like, for example, we saw the previous Invitational where Skyscraper wasn't a big thing until Invitational, and all of a sudden everyone was pulling out Skyscraper. Mostly NA, but, like, it was like, you know, that was the map to pull out because that was kind of the wild card to catch people off guard on. Yeah, and hopefully we don't see too much cafe. Yeah, I'm really, uh, I'm really hoping not a lot of cafe. Cafe is really boring now. It's just, you know, tick top, tick piano, yeah. tick red, go down. That map has always been boring, let's be honest. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully it's part of the maps that's going to be uh, uh, updated. Because, you know, they said a while back that they were updating some maps, so hopefully it's part of it. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's quite a few maps that just need to be a little more interesting. Yeah, and I'm sure I'm sure it'll be news, and they haven't been forcing new maps into the pool, so maybe no. it'll be a decision to go back and rework those, or yep. even rework some of the new ones. I'm not convinced uh, Tower would be a good map to play competitively on. You know, honestly, everyone hated Border at first too. Let's let's be honest. We we're, it's, yeah. it's so easy we forget that everyone hated Border and thought it was a terrible map for competitive until Mirror was introduced. Yeah. Nero was a big like deal breaker for a lot of maps. It was like this side is not viable. Oh look, I have a one side mirror now. Maybe it's good. Yeah. It's one of those like, gadgets you really didn't expect to change it very much until like it did, and then it's there's it's hard to see how it did. Yeah, well, it's a strong position, and the, the nice part about it is it enables some other bomb site. Just looking at uh, flip side tactics, cash room, and uh, clubhouse. It's only viable because there's a mirror. Or two, for that matter. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I think, I think Coastline is going to be the map that's going to be the go-to wildcard this time. I think so, too. It's a map people know how to play, but at the same time isn't overplayed. Yeah, exactly. And there, there is still a lot of like, interesting stuff that can happen on this map. I don't feel like we've like went full circle on it. Just uh, during the season, I was watching I Don't Know play on it, and I was surprised that I, I learned a lot of stuff by watching them play this map. Yeah, they seem to know that one pretty well. I, I expect, and Millennium as well were really strong on that map. Yep. So it's, I mean, that and Bank are going to be the interesting ones to see. Bank? Obviously, the, yeah, the ones we expect are just Oregon and Clubhouse and yeah. Order, but I think because those are so overplayed, 
we're going to see all of a sudden surprise banks and coastlines instead. Definitely down to see more banks. And whenever I think about bank, I think about the Invitational last year, when Continuum played against the Brazilian for the first time. And then Canadian just got, I think it was a 4K, straight away, first round. Bang. Let's go. Let's fucking go. That was a good way to start it. Oh yeah. Brazil and EU have always been better on banks than NA, so that's I hope NA are a bit more prepared for that this time. Like you said, Canadian having a good game on that last one means you know EG might be well prepared for it, so it might be a little more challenging to take them on it. But uh, I feel like you know some of the other teams, like uh, I'm not sure how Rogue holds up on bank, for example. Uh, it's it's going to be hard, and I think it's going to come down to like roam play and roam control and stuff like that on those kinds of maps. So that's where we still may see a lot of Jackal, but outside of that, we may not see too much of him. Yeah, J Jackal really was like, put it forward because of Bank, but I think it's pretty much the only map where you really kind of feel like you need it. Yeah, I've always seen him sometimes on Oregon. Yeah. Uh, maybe occasionally on Border, but Bank is kind of his map. But you don't see a whole lot of like roaming happening on Oregon usually. Or if you see it, it's in meeting, in meeting. Even if you have a jackal, it doesn't change a whole lot. When we've seen it done well, though, it can really change the game. Like in terms of like just having good flow and game sense and timing. Uh, yeah. If you can hold your roams, like that map is actually very hard to take if you can't control the roamers. Because we've seen time and time again, if a roamer is left alive, most of the time your take will fail. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. The flank is something you need to be careful with, and if you decide not to go after the roamer. You need to plant fast and clear the side and take a defensive position because otherwise, flanker is just going to kill you. Yeah. I'm hoping to see some fun rush plants in Invitational, though. Oh, like in the APAC one. Yeah, yeah. That was crazy. Hey, boys. 30 second map win. Yeah, <laughs> that was good. That was good. It's like, all right, boys, there's no one on site. Just open the front door, go down, plant, take site, and uh, yada yada, you're good. Round's over. Because there will be people for some reason that play full retake or full roam. For the most part, and then just will be caught off guard by it. And so it's a question of whether or not some of these IGLs and good drone work can catch that out and take advantage of the opportunities. If that could, I mean, this is so high stakes; they really have to be on top of that sort of thing. So I, I can potentially see some of that happening. Some really exciting moments where teams just fully capitalize on a small mistake made in defensive setups. Yeah, uh, I'm sure we're going to see a lot of cool plays at the Invitational, especially since we haven't seen a whole lot of team play. I'm really hoping for, like, not weird, but new and novel ideas about how to hold one bomb site that we're so used to hold. Yeah, right, we want to see, a, like, a chalet master bedroom or something. Yeah, chalet master bedroom, come in, I'm down. This is its time to shine, we want to see that happen. Or even the first time we've seen chalet bar, that was interesting. Established. Uh, yeah, right. Kind of a weird thing now. It, yeah, exactly. It's a little bit less frowned upon and looked at as a weird, like off bomb site. It's, it's not picked a whole lot because basement and kitchen is just too damn good compared to it. But whenever shit hits the fan, bar is probably your go to. I feel like we'll see some CEO on bank as well, like which is not as weird as it used to be. Yeah. Just like uh, just like game room. Yeah. Just kind of one of those ones that's like that was a weird idea at first, but enough has been established now. Well, again, was it Flipside when uh, playing the CCS? Kind of pushing that originally. Yeah. Like before that too, like they were the ones who always kind of pushed that. I mean, they still have improved bakery. But yeah. <laughs> pushed some of these other ones like CEO. 
Yeah. There's there's definitely some off bomb side. And I I remember screaming them a while back and they had a uh, strategy for um in border, uh tellers and bathroom. I think we'll see you continue or E. G. pull that off. I think, I think yeah. I expect at least once we'll see them pull off that bomb side. I mean, just looking at Penta that was coming with you bomb side to hold that were uh probably because uh, Bacon was on uh, Penta back then. So I'm hoping he brings some new and cool stuff to EG. Really looking forward to that. There's definitely some stuff I'm hoping to see, but I feel like sometimes the meta evolves a little slow to catch on to things. Um, but this is the time to like really see the adaptations and new stuff of that. So maybe maybe stuff that's done during this will, will like trickle its way into the next season, just because like wow we didn't think about that, and just the amount of you know attention that's going to be poured on these matches. Although, like, it's going to be hard because I'm not even going to see half the matches during the group stage, for example, like, because I'm going to be casting. Yeah, right. I'm going to go into, like, the finals ones and be like, I have to go home and or back to the hotel and just watch the matches. <laughs> I haven't seen them play yet. Yeah. So, like, depending on which ones I'm casting, I might even miss an entire team's play throughout the entire group stage. Yeah, that's definitely going to be a big week for you. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of note-taking. Uh, is it? Even when we alternate, I can sit there and watch the match going on. I'm assuming in the playoff, it's going to turn back to one game at a time, right? Yeah, so I think uh, it only, it's only going to be two days of two streams, I think, because the first two days of group stages will be the, the A and B streams going yeah. on. Oh, and then you, you're going to have some teams who you, you know already they're out, right? By the second yeah, day. Yeah, so I think the third day will just be a single stream again. So I think it's only two days of that craziness. Oh, okay. So it's not as bad. You're going to, have, no, you're going to be able to catch your breath. But then three more days of crazy stuff. Yeah. Not as bad. <laughs> Not as bad. Yeah. And keep in mind, I'm not complaining. Though. This is very exciting. It's just going to be very exhausting at the same time. Oh, I just remember last year, as a viewer, I was exhausted by the end of the Invitational. The Invitational was only a weekend. Yeah. I remember it, the audience, like, half of them were gone half the time because it was so exhausting to watch. Yeah. Them, they had to kind of keep, go, like, walk around the lobby for a bit, come back, because you're sitting for, like, 12 hours. Yeah, it's crazy. It was, it was like, hard, and I'm just sitting there, just cheering people and i was exhausted so i don't imagine how the casters and players are i'm really curious where the casting desk is going to be because i mean uh last invitational we did have the casting desk by the stage we had it yeah. actually out in the open that was really cool but we haven't done that since or really before for the most part and so that's always unfortunate because mm -hmm. like that energy of the crowd like you can hear it in my voice and that elevate versus vitality one where like that's the one where i'm actually screaming with bloodbath practically like uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. That was good. It was like the main stage, and you could see on the side, just on the side, the spectator—not the spectator, but the, the casters' uh, desk—which was nice too, because you could hear them, but you could also see them like move and just talk on the side of the game. Yeah, it was really interesting. I don't, I don't really know. I mean, I don't know what the setup's gonna be like. It could just be analyst desk out there again, which is kind of what we've done since. Yeah, well, I've seen picture of like the the interior of it, but. We have much uh, more information than that. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I'll find out when I get there. I guess. Yeah. That's what we have rehearsals for and stuff, but uh, I do hope it's. In, I do hope it's by the by the crowd though, because that's always so much more intense. Uh, with that, but if not, you know, like at least the analyst desk will be. I'll probably just be hanging out in the crowd during the matches that I'm watching instead of playing. Yeah, from what I've seen. Long and, I mean, maybe yeah. they wouldn't be able to actually run this for six days yet, but I feel like come year four, it's gonna have to be like a six day event for the audience too. Yeah. Definitely counting on it. Uh, speaking of all that, like 
I think uh, I just want to kind of transition to talking about CGG. I think is going to be a big help for a lot of this stuff. Like, yep. I mean, obviously I'm biased, but it's something that I was trying to do with Breach and Siege. I was never really able to get to that point. Um, and I think people like Finster and Chanka and stuff like that have been able to kind of push things more than I was able to. And so I'm like actually really excited uh, to just be part of and help this stuff uh, just get out there because it's going to be insane year for this game. Yeah, and I mean, just by the sheer amount of games that are going to be played, it's going to be hard to keep track of that uh, game, who plays against who, when do they play that game. Uh, okay, so I want to watch CCS, I want to watch Pro League, I want to watch Challenger League, I want to watch everything, where do I watch it? Well, I think everything is going to be there. Yeah, hopefully it'll help with stuff like too, like where do I watch this or where do I watch that? Yeah, I see those questions a lot. Yeah, Challenger League was always a big part of that, and finally there's the Challenger League channel, so hopefully everything will be there. But I, I honestly don't know what the plans are for Challenger League yet, so I'm hoping I don't there's either. a chance to, to at least help out with the Challenger League in some way, because um, that's always something I enjoyed helping out with, and I know Milish did as well. Um, so hopefully it'll be a, re- a good year for that, um, but I just don't know what the plans are yet. Obviously, we'll have a hands pretty full though with Pro League this year. Yeah, oh my god, yeah. You don't have time to cast Challenger League anymore. And I think we've seen a couple uh, people uh, saying on Twitter that, hey, I'm now a new community caster, so I guess these guys are going to be able to cast Challenger League. Uh, there's a lot more people wanting to do it now, so hopefully yeah. we can find enough people that are watchable. Yeah. <laughs> or listenable to. Yeah. I mean, I know I'm not, but at least I slipped in early when I was listening. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be so harsh. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I think it'll be good. Um, hopefully, like the I think the betting thing. I know it's like it's not for real money, which is good actually right now. But I think that I'm a big big proponent of having some kind of skin in the game, making a game much more interesting. I always tell people the story of like I don't really care much for regular sports, um, but there was this app I had called Preplay that would let you kind of uh, in real time like bet points on the game, but you could like bet on specific plays, like what was gonna happen this play or that play. And it made me like ten times more engaged in the game. And I did the same thing with some of the um the sliver.tv watch and win betting for CSGO stuff. So I don't know, it just I feel like it makes you much more engaged because you're invested in the outcome more so than just being a fan of the team. And I feel like this is something that's missing with the whole Rainbow Six scene is getting like the spectator engaged in the game. I know really? the fantasy stuff, too, gets in there. Yeah, because right now there's really nothing, like, pushed forward by uh, Ubisoft. Even the players, they don't market them at all. Like, how do you see a pro player? It's like, yeah, he's that pro player. But that dude also, he has a hopes and dreams, and I want to know about it. I want to know he's human. I want to know he is like me. He has hopes, dreams, struggles, and all that stuff. If not, there's some robots out there. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, there is. I mean, I, I imagine I mean, this year's even just from not just from CGG, but I think also Ubisoft's going to push for a lot more of that this year. So I think overall, you're, gonna know, you're probably going to know too much about the teams and players by the end of the year. You're going to be sick of hearing about them. Yeah, maybe. I'd rather be sick of hearing about them than just not knowing anything. Yeah, so I'm definitely looking forward to that. Like, I definitely, I mean, I, I assume it's not a conflict if I'm betting as well on stuff. <laughs> <laughs> every time despite it being a logical choice <laughs> uh, i'm looking forward to that as well i enjoyed doing those um the kind of pick and wins for like the pack ones and stuff yeah it was fun really too I, I i encourage everyone to kind of like hopefully the site's out at the same day you're watching this but i definitely encourage everyone to check it out um 
not just because we're part of it and biased, but I think it's going to be really cool, and I'm excited about it, which is why we're doing this, because we're excited about CGG. Yeah, well, probably wouldn't be casting under that uh, banner if I didn't think it was good. Yeah, definitely. So uh, I, I hope that will be good, and then once the fantasy stuff comes out, which I think will be a little bit later, uh, once they've kind of worked out the stuff from, from the betting system, and I know they might have to have made some changes as well because of the uh, the league system changing as well. So there there had to be probably some adjustments for that. Yeah, because you know, they announced that so far ahead of time. There were still a lot of things to be announced by Ubisoft about how the next year uh, is going to work. I mean, we pretty much only know that there's going to be more game, and the first season is going to be a buffer one. But aside from it, don't know much. Yeah, I imagine uh, like going into that six six month season would be pretty pretty different. Yep how things play out but it's hard to say like i feel like i just find out stuff the same time everyone else does that yeah sometimes yeah <laughs> you know like, the, the guy is casting and he learn he's on the desk and he's like wait what i mean i guess if all i have to do is show up and talk you know yeah like, work, but... i mean yeah you're right <laughs> but it'll be good I'm, I'm always expecting like stuff that they don't announce ahead of time to be like cause yeah. they always do that they always pull out like extra stuff on top of what they were preparing people yeah. for to the point where, like, even though they leak stuff on purpose now, like, it's still not the full thing. Yeah. Like Sometimes it's wrong. Sometimes it, it is wrong. Some leaks are just straight up wrong. Yeah, I'm always interested in, like, in terms of, like, whether or not they're accurate, but I don't usually pay too much attention to them for the most part. Because yeah. I feel like if, if, it's just, if it's a leak, it means it's information I can't do anything with right now anyway. Yeah, right. Because, you know, whatever, but... Uh, Mo most of the time I know what's coming anyway, so... I, I, I don't live in Canada like you. So yeah. I, I have that big opportunity and I take it. You just can't the dumpster. Oh, yeah, I'm just waiting. I'm like, Yubi, hey, Yubi, can you, can you like, invite me again? That was fun last time. I'll just uh, pass through town. You mind if I stop? Yeah. <laughs> Do you mind if I stop and play the whole thing for, you know, the next month? But, it, but it's good that there's people like yourself as well to kind of give them some extra feedback early on. on uh, yeah. Now they're getting pros and a lot more people than before, so there's that, and that's good because they get like more, uh, more diversified opinion about when that's coming. Yeah, I mean that could that could be a good thing or a bad thing. Some opinions are a little more, yeah. a little better than others. But... Yeah, you need a, a good diversity of it to get the whole picture. I feel like they've been doing a pretty good job for the most part. Outside of Ella, I think most of the stuff that they've yeah. done has worked out pretty well. I still don't understand why it won't remove the 40 bullets i'm pretty sure that was just a case of like let's not mess with it too much before educational yeah. yeah um so i i but, wouldn't be surprised if it's not more done after but i don't think anyone minds if ella goes not a pro player is going to be oh my god i'm so bad sad my strategy was only relying on the 40 bullets hell has i don't think that's happening like where it's kind of nerfed to the point where it's like balanced and only picked where it makes sense to yeah but if, yeah, it just keeps saying it's because she's unique. Well, make her unique in a better way than giving her 40 bullets. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Unfortunately, it's probably still going to dominate quite a bit of this. Uh, yeah, year. definitely. But uh, I don't know. Land is a different environment, too, when it comes to how three speeds play and stuff like that. So That's true. Why not play the same? You know? I've heard before when I was talking with Canadian at some point, I think he said, NVK was playing Ash, and Ash is a three-speed, but on LAN, he's playing Sledge, and he's having much more success with Sledge than he is with Ash. Yeah, 
yeah, that's definitely a thing. Like, I mean, I don't think you're gonna see skies changing really personally. Yeah. Yeah, well, like it's definitely a case where it plays out very differently. Like the one, the only time we can reference it really is talking about shooting C4s out of the air, but it all does feel oh, like yeah. different at land. And it I does. That's, that's part of the problem with teams without land experience. It's not just the crowd and the pressure, it's the way the game plays is different. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things different. Like the head reg is better. Uh, three speed are not dominating as much. And you can shoot C4 midair fairly easily. So if your strats relies on you shooting C4 in the air, good luck, because people are going to be able to shoot it down. What's funny is not a lot of people do this, but if you time it right, you can actually uh, EMP them out of the air with that. Yep, yep. It doesn't happen too. very often, but... Whenever it happens, it's always, always a blast. So we'll see. I, I, I expect this to be a pretty interesting invitational different than the rest. So, uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully we'll be back to talk about a little bit more yep. in the next episode of this. I'm not sure when we'll be. Maybe we'll try and record some stuff for fun during the actual invitational since we'll both be there. But, yep. Uh, so Definitely trying to, but uh, it's... You'll have, uh, you have more time than me, so maybe... I, I will. I will. But, uh, but nonetheless, I think we've uh, probably gone for a while here, but so we'll kind of uh, wrap up with that. Do wrap it up. You guys, on the next episode, give us some feedback. I imagine this will be on the Reddit as well as on the website. I'm not sure if there's comments going to be available on the website, but make sure to anything you want to say about it, as long as it's not too mean. Or <laughs> give a reason. Uh, give a reason, yeah. If you're mean, just say why. If you just fine, it's fine. Or if you're just trolling, that's fine too. Oh, uh, it's part of the job having some trolls on your back. You, know, you have a thick skin, right, Hobie? Yeah, I do. I, I read the tweets about what I cast, so I'm fine. <laughs> Yeah, so we'll be doing this probably a little more organized in the future once this is just kind of the pilot episode. Wanted to uh, try it out here. Well, and I think the the next time we'll probably be doing it live on Twitch too. Yeah, so hopefully we should be able to get like live comments or something. Maybe. Or just people telling us to shut up and get to the game. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. That too. Yeah. But uh, anyways, thanks everyone for uh, for watching this. Assuming you made it all the way to the end without just skipping. Um, I hope not. Yeah. Thanks for, for joining me, Helby. We'll be us to next time as well. We may have yep. some guests in the future as well, depending on how we organize this. But, uh, yeah. yeah, again, this was just a pilot. Trying stuff out. Next time, you know, maybe no shirt. Oh. <laughs> All right. With that, we'll uh, see you guys later.